Welcome to the Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast, a conversation designed to help covenant partners live Jesus-shaped lives. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, what a great day it is. It, it is. is the very first time we're making history today. Jordan Bonfield is on this Covenant JB. Partner podcast. Hey. There she is. That's we right. have been waiting. We had to wait through your sabbatical. We had to put some serious, like, just labor in our waiting for you to finally actually show up on this She's podcast. Here. It's just She's been here, us. Y'all. Yeah, it's just been us, and that, that hadn't been good. That's boring. That hadn't been good. <laughs> I've just been keeping you in suspense. <laughs> hey, we're glad you're here. Thanks. Yeah. And our Covenant Partners are glad that you're here. Thanks. This is going to be fun. We hope to have you on the majority of the podcast from here on out. Well, hey, let's just jump into this so that we can get to the bulk of this podcast. Jordan, just take us through some some announcements. What, what, what do our covenant partners, our dear covenant partners, need to know over these next couple of months? We just want to make sure that you guys know what's coming up throughout the summer here as you look at your calendars. The first thing that we're really excited about is family camp. Um, If you remember, those dates are July 14th through 16th. That's the third weekend in July. It's a Friday through a Sunday. We are going to Tantara this year for family camp. Dude, that's going to be so fun. And we really believe that it's going to be a great opportunity to rest and connect and play with one another. Um, And I want to make sure that we do say and that you guys all know that when we say family, we mean everyone. We mean the Gathering Network family. So whether you're single or you're married without kids or you have a small family or you have a large family, we want to see um, a large group there at family camp July 14th through 16th. Details will be available on the website under the up and coming section and that's where you'll be able to find all of the details and register for family camp. Be sure to do that soon because spots are limited. A leadership training project started on May 30th. That's right. We are so excited to have our interns here with us this summer. And as you guys know, because you've been college students before, but they are always hungry. Mm. Um, And I want to invite you into this opportunity to show them the hospitality of the Gathering Network by feeding them this summer. And so we still have some lunch opportunities available Monday through Thursday. Those are the days that we meet. You can go to the website under the up and coming section and you can click on the advertisement for LTP lunches and email Lindsay to sign up for a spot. It's really easy. It's all online and she can send you the calendar and you can choose the date that works best for you. Well, um, man, I'm happy to say that Alyssa and I are on sabbatical right now. At the time that this podcast is going to come out, we are actually on sabbatical. And I'm sure that we are enjoying ourselves very, very much. (laughs) I'm just envisioning the future on sabbatical with my wife, and I'm sure we're going to be having a great time. So thank you to the Gathering Network for allowing us to be here on this wonderful wonderful sabbatical that we are indeed on. Hey, so I wanted to let you know that uh, for the duration of our sabbatical, I reached out to Mike and Sally Breen to ask if we could repost a couple of their podcasts because I'm going to be away. I'm not going to be able to produce these. I reached out to them and asked if they could uh, host the Covenant Partner podcast while I was on sabbatical, and they just gave an overwhelming yes to that. So we're happy over the next three months to give you 
three very important podcasts from the Off Mic Podcast. So listen, I told them that I would direct you guys to michaeljamesbreen.com. You can find tons of great content there, like the Daily Devotional. You guys listening to the Daily Devotionals that they do? Yeah, it's awesome. I catch it every once in a while. Yeah, it's this amazing resource that Mike does every single day. He does a short 15-minute reflection on the Moravian text. He's following the Moravian reading. In every single day, there's a short 15-minute reflection on the New Testament passage that day. It's $9 a month to subscribe to that podcast, but this is the thing. It is totally worth it. Alyssa and I have been listening to it together, um, and it's just an incredible resource for our family. So I would just encourage you guys to go that way, michaeljamesbreen.com, to connect with the Off Mic podcast, but to also subscribe to the daily devotionals there. You'll be glad you did that. It would have been 77 because I was 19. And I was 18. Yeah. And I was at college. Yeah. There you go. In Sheffield. That, in Sheffield. At Sorby Hall. I was. Well, I wasn't you actually. You weren't at Sorby Hall, I wasn't but your actually friend at Sorby Hall because yeah. I was at the lesser prestigious college you called were. Sheffield Polytechnic. You were, my darling. <laughs> we're talking today with Mike and Sally Breen about being family on mission. But I wanted to get a bit of the backstory first. Uh, I think it's like 20 years in itself. Yeah, at least 20. Double nearly. Maybe, maybe nearly. 34. Double, yeah. Ours is easy to remember because it's 1980. It's 1980, Sal. That's it's not, what it is. Not now, but it was 1980. Yeah, it's all back to the punk rock era. Mike and Sally recently returned from New York, visiting their friend Caesar and his wife, and they were talking about the music from the era when they met. Well, if I say 1970s, what song do you first think? And I said, I'm not in love by 10cc. Which was a great one to think of. Mine was more things like staying alive. No, you see, that depicts the whole thing. My teenage years, I'm not in love by 10cc. Perfect for it, yeah. So is mine, staying alive, certainly after I met you. (laughs) (laughs) They reflected quite a bit about their journey in the book Family on Mission, but I wanted to get a little more of the details here. I broke up with Mike and... Because you wanted to be free. Because I wanted to be free, a free bird. And the fact that there were 80 men on my course and only 10 women. And... So that sounded like a great idea for a seven. So like, okay, let's just see. Let's go through the 80 guys. Let's see what's going on here. Let's see how quickly I can go through 80 guys. So I put Mike, um, sort of dumped him. And, um, (laughs) but yeah, however... Truth is, is that that summer after I'd had a disastrous year and failed all my exams and failed everything and was in a really big hole and I saw Mike walking towards me when a group of us were going to pick him up from Manchester to go to the movies and he came round this corner and I thought, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really still in love with him and I really, really need him in my life. And now I've got to grovel and beg him. So I, I'm i not a naturally manipulative person at all. And so I thought, I've got to try and work out how to persuade him. So I said to him, I really need to talk to you. And he was like, what about? And I said, I've got a deep spiritual problem. <laughs> <laughs> And he's and so he said, "All right, where shall we meet?" And we met in a wine bar called Cellavi. Cellavi in the middle of Manchester. And I said to him, "I'm really sorry, 
down. I really regret breaking up with you. And I, can we get back together? And he said, yes. But there are three conditions. <laughs> Welcome to the 3DM podcast. Today we are talking about this idea of being family on mission. Mike and Sally do seminars and conferences on the subject and have a book by that title available on audiobook through iTunes, Amazon, and the brand new www.3dmpublishing.com. Also in paperback and ebook and all those wonderful tools. So, to jump right into the main subject here, I asked them what they meant by family in this context. I think what we mean by family is a combination of people's traditional picture and a more contemporary vision that would be perhaps identified by the emerging generation of young adults who are looking for community. And so family is both blood and non-blood relationships bound together with a single purpose, a single heart, a single identity, moving in the same direction, and often is a group of people that is significantly larger than a nuclear family. And so in sociological terms, what we mean by family is what has been understood to be the extended family in most of the literature of sociology down through the years. Yeah, I mean, some of the people that we know who have got the best examples of family and mission are single women single women in inner city, tough situations, um, and they are leading a family on mission in amazing ways. And so I think that the idea that when we say family on mission, it's, you know, a man and a woman with 2.5 children, then it that's not what we're trying to um, give no. the impression of. It's, a, it's very, very... But you could start from there. The, the great thing about family on mission is that it connects with everybody. Yeah. It's almost like as soon as you say it, Everybody understands what you mean because they start from their reference point and they know that the word mission means that it's a little bit different. And so I think the reason why the Lord is using it the way he is is because it starts with where people are and takes them to where they should be. And everybody has some experience of family, whether even yeah. if it's bad. Of course. They know what a family is. Yeah. And, and everybody's got some sense of what mission might be. Yeah. I, I think mean, there's some, I mean, the first thing you often see is the redemption of family, you yeah. know, past family, past yeah. family hurts. That's a very obvious thing. Then you see hope for the future of family, what family could be in the future. We've seen people get married on the basis that they now have an example of family on mission that they yeah. didn't have before. Mm -hmm. We've seen people stay in marriages because they're hopeful. We've seen older people hopeful about their future and retirement because they're now not thinking that it's going to be an isolated alone place. I mean yeah. we've I mean would you not agree with all those examples? It, it's at least those and, oh, and multiple, scores more. Yeah, multiple I mean, I'm others. Just, yeah. I think the most exciting thing for me is that as we see the movement really engaging on different continents around the world, there are real connecting points for every kind of person, every cultural context. And yet there are a multitude of varieties within that, yeah. which I think is enormously fun. The heart behind this is compelling. It seems that many around the world are catching a vision for their natural and spiritual families. But in the swirl of the normalcy of life, how do you even begin to create a vision for your family? 
Where do you even start? That's what we ask next. Well, you have to start with where you are. So if you have something that you would describe as family, then you have the inward component, as we would call it, within the movement that we're part of. You have the inward component. You have the relational component, the, the, the covenantal community component. And now what you need to do is to add the upward and the outward dimensions. So if you have a family, you need to say, okay, what does God say about our family? And what is the direction that God is leading our family in as he calls us to join him on his mission to the world? So you you invite God into that conversation. You invite God into that process. Everybody's called to be involved. And, and in that, you clarify the vision for the mission that the family has. Now, if you are not already starting with that context, maybe just a few of you have got an idea that you'd like to be a family, I would recommend that you ask God for the mission and then around the mission, allow the community to form. It doesn't really matter which side of the mountain you dig the tunnel from, as long as you dig the tunnel all the way through the mountain. In other words, you have to be able to say that we do both in and out we do community and mission together as family. And in that context, we're looking to God to be the father of this community, the father of this family, as he leads us to participate with him in his mission to the world. I mean, everybody that we've done these exercises with has come up with amazing examples. I mean, there are hundreds, they come up with like strap lines, vision statements, mission statements for their family, you know, uh, seeing God work in our community and making disciples. That could be their mission. And then they work out what does that actually mean every day. And they apply that vision or mission statement to the time that they have within the week. So does this activity, does this thing fall within the criteria of un underneath the banner of that vision statement? And if it doesn't, then they basically reject it and move on to the next thing. So it becomes a very clarifying process to have the mission statement of the family. You, you should always start with the big picture first. And so uh, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment is the place to start. So you start with uh, love God and love other people as yourself. Well, that's a that's a good start. So, okay, can you get a vision out of that? What does that mean to you? Is there something that is a, a, a way that that is lived out in your context right now? What does it mean to love God? What does it mean to love your neighbor right now? And then the Great Commission, go and make disciples. Th those, those two great statements of Jesus are called great for a good reason, because they are probably the banner headline under which the church has understood the ministry of Jesus for 2,000 years. So start with the big picture and then allow it to be drilled down into what your uh, community co context is, what your family history is, what your family gifts, what your, what your personal opportunities are. I mean, it may be that the way that you do that right now is that um, the kids have got a soccer team and the parents focus on that soccer team as the place where they're helping the young people to disciple their friends, but they're also doing the same things with the parents. It, honestly, it could be anything, but you start with the big picture first. It's helpful to think of this in the context of the different phases of life 
Since we get stuck in the way we think about family, I asked to hear more about someone living this way well as a single person. Sally told me about a friend of hers, a woman who lives in the inner city of Kansas and leads a household there of people who come and live with her. It was a, probably a five-year journey for her um, that started out, uh, you know, in a way that I think has lots of people start out by hearing what God was saying and then what they were going to do about it. And she just took baby steps, little baby steps, every week, every day, moving towards that. And it's been amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is an amazing person, but it makes her sound like a natural... She would have viewed herself as a natural leader, and she has never viewed herself as a natural leader. Um, she views herself as a really ordinary person who is just trying to do what God's uh, saying to her. But I wondered... How does a single person even get started moving down that path, or any of us for that matter? This was one of the more simple answers. Well, you, you have to decide whether you lead or whether you follow. And um, if you can't find anybody to follow, then maybe God is saying to lead. And if you don't sense the capacity or the calling to lead, then you need to find somebody else to follow. It It, it really is quite simple in a way you you either join somebody else in their vision for family on mission or you call other people to join you i started to realize how important this was for couples who may be just starting their lives together maybe just about to get married or you premarital and marriage and family counselors out there to guide younger couples through starting their journey with intentionality well i mean i think sally's really good on uh, explaining the thing about spiritual parents, predictable patterns, missional purpose. And basically, you have to lay those foundations, don't you, Sal? I mean... Yeah, I think you have to lay the foundations and say what... I mean, Mike talked earlier about the big picture. I think often young couples get hung up on, well, this is, this is what I like to do and this is what you like to do and this is your ministry and this is my ministry. And it, it's much bigger than that. And so I think the details before you're married are not really as important as the who are you going to do this with so you've already chosen your partner for life but are you going to are there any other people you're going to do life with are there any other people that you're going to create a family on mission with or are you as mike said a few minutes earlier are you going to join somebody else's but i think before you get married i think you just need some general overarching principles rather than specifics because i think if you go for the absolute details it you tie yourself down with it and it is about the in and the out so it is about community and mission but it is really about beginning the processes by which you become spiritual parents which means that you've got to invest in being spiritually deep people and some predictable patterns sure so so you know a simple predictable pattern of saying when you're going to pray how you're going to read your bible how you're going to support one another in that that is a hugely important thing how are you going to connect with the wider church? Which community um, of worship are you going to be part of? Th those kinds of things are enormously important because they will, as it were, begin to excavate all of the 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 precious um, the precious metal, if you like, the gold of um, of God's revelation in your life. Being perpetually interested in backstories, I asked them what it looked like when they were starting out themselves. Because a lot of these things were built in at the very beginning because we knew that we didn't want to live a disintegrated life. Now, 
what we tried to do was to do family and mission. And so we went for a management model of life rather than a leadership model of life. I mean, we gave it our best swing and I think we did all right at it. But I think if anything, I would say do the family on mission rather than the family and mission. But I think all the components were there. It's just that we didn't really um, integrate them enough because we didn't really understand that you could, to be quite honest. Yeah, totally. I think I would probably have invested in a few more crock pots early on. <laughs> that would have been a good thing. There you go. Um, I think that we just underestimated, um, as you often do when you're young, we thought we had the ability to do family and mission, the capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody has the ability or capacity to do family and mission no. well. No. You just burn out, fry out, yeah. tire yeah. out, yeah. get out. It's just awful. It really was an issue of we wanted to do everything. And and the problem about wanting to do everything is that in general what happens is that you become overburdened by doing everything, worn out by doing everything, and then you discover that you can't do anything. And, um, and uh, you know, the integrated life of family on mission is, is way better. In the first chapter of the book, Sally talks about how they made the transition from trying to do family and mission and have that tension to being a family on mission. She said the solution was to actually open their lives more. This confused me quite a bit, so I thought it needed some clarification. How I arrived at that conclusion, because that seems to be completely nutty. Yeah, it probably was. I think what what happened is, if you'd, if you'd known us then, you'd understand it more, which was basically we did have lots and lots of people in our lives. Yeah. We had lots of people on team. We had people living with us. We, we, you know, we shared a car between us and other people. We only had one car between about five of us. But it was, so we were open to all those things. It's just that we hadn't made the the mental shift and the emotional shift of saying that, we're all going to do all of this together. Yeah. And what happened is I began to think practically and think about, I wanted to disciple some young girls and I I had no time. I literally had no time because I was doing everything else and had lots of young children. And so basically what I thought was, so I need to free up some more time. How do I free up more time? And then I thought about the fact that other people were concerned about these girls, but they wanted me to invest in them because they thought I had the most experience and wisdom. And so we brought it to the team and they said, well, we'll come and cook dinner and look after your children while you do that. And that was the beginning of the shift, which is, so therefore then they were doing that more. So they were there more helping. I mean, initially it was helping me do mission. Underneath it, the under the underlying thing is... And, you know, for stubborn people like me, this usually comes through failure, calamity and breakdown. Um, and, and that is that you have to get to the point where you do not believe in your omnicompetence mm. any longer. You, you know, you, you're competent, you, you've got lots of capacity. And so you assume, well, you know, obviously the only solution to this is that we do it or that I do it. And, um, of course... You know, the, the reality is, is that we're neither rich nor poor in the amount of time we have in a day. Everybody has 24 hours. And so you've got to be able to use those 24 hours and and leverage the relationships that you have in those 24 hours more effectively. So how do you do that? Well, 
We tried every way we could with the family and mission model, but we still found ourselves completely at a loss as to how to fulfill the things that we had opportunity to do and completely at a loss as to how to find enough time to sleep. So basically what happened was through weakness, God revealed his power and his power, especially through family on mission. And it was a counterintuitive thing. When you think of it now, it's a counterintuitive thing, which is we don't have enough time for all of these people. So let's let more people into our lives. When you get to the point of weakness where you say, do you know what? I can't do this by myself. You have to let other people in. And it's at that point that you suddenly realize, hang on a minute. If we all did this, then it might work. And of course, the reason that we that we thought about that was because we believed that being on mission was an absolute priority. It wasn't like an option. Yeah. It was what we had to do. And so integrating everybody's life around that sense of mission became the obvious way to solve it. And to be honest with you, it, I think it probably saved all kinds of things like growing ulcers and gallstones. Yeah, because along those trips and journeys, there's always the possibility of of some adventure happening of course or some sally's always looking for another yeah, adventure another discipling moment it's exciting when something's happening when it really feels like there's movement taking place we're about out of time but i ask for a couple of parting thoughts well we're really um obviously excited about the book in itself the thing that really strikes me right now is how sticky this concept of of family on mission is it's amazing. I, I was just on the on the uh, on Skype to leaders in Australia, and they said exactly the same thing that we've discovered on the road just recently. That when you say family on mission to people, it's almost like the revelation contained in that phrase yeah. is such that people want to know more. They feel like they understand almost immediately that that this is a huge thing that God is saying to them, and it's it's kind of got its own momentum to uh, to it. JB, what what from that episode was a takeaway for you? What do you think? Yeah, when when Mike mentions about, you know, they get into talking about single people a little bit and they talk about uh, the quote, you have to decide whether you're going to lead or follow. Um, I think that really has to do with everybody in community. I think we all have a role in community and it's important to recognize that everyone contributes. Sometimes in missional community, and the life that we're living together, the biggest lie we can believe as it pertains to family on mission is that we don't matter. Mm. Um, that it doesn't matter if I'm there or not there. It doesn't matter if I show up. It doesn't matter if I communicate with people. And I just think that's a lie we have to be careful to not believe when it comes to family on mission, when it comes to living life together. Ultimately, yes, we all have to decide whether we're going to lead or follow, but we have to be able to commit and um, and really recognize that it matters when we're there. Our presence and who we are matters. Yeah, Ben, what about you, man? That's good. Just reclaiming family as something larger than the nuclear family, but that it's an extended family mm-hmm. that, that is just more robust, it's more healthy. I know that Carrie and I feel pretty regularly like, man, just between the two of us, we're just beat. We're exhausted, mm. struggling to keep our head above water. But when we have people around us, we just feel like we can go on. It's just more robust. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, there was something about what 
they were saying about family and mission. I don't even know if it was even explicit, but it just felt like it was a reflection for Alyssa and I. And we are going to look at the way that we have been living, and we're going to ask ourselves if we've fallen into habits of living as a family and mission, you know, rather than a family on mission. And I think it's funny because Alyssa and I, things are so different for us in this regard. She is so much better about just inviting people into the mundane of her life in regards to discipleship. She doesn't care if the house is, is put together. She doesn't care if, if, the, if the place is a little unkept or if it's undone. If people are coming in the front door, she's loving that. She's loving to love on those people. I am the one who really struggles with this sense of presentation. And I think that that puts, us in, puts me in like a family and mission category. Like, like we're doing family, but then we kind of have to get things in order for the time that we do mission together, rather than like, hey, this is just this is just it. This is just the way that we're living. Just come into the life that we're living, and let's just see that all of this, even meal times together, are are a, a way that we're expressing what it looks like for us to live as a family on mission. So all in all, this was a fantastic reflection. I love listening to them. I'm so thankful for guides that have gone before us who have years and years and years, decades even. It's a joy to have people like them leading us even from afar, speaking into our community here. All right, well, listen, we want to just encourage you again to head to michaeljamesbreen.com. Check out those daily devos. Subscribe to the Off Mic Podcast, and we'll see you next month for the Covenant Partner Podcast. <laughs>